Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. conflicted because I I know God's given me some messages that are really important for the body of Christ and I can't preach them all in two services, right? So I'm just going to mention to you and I need to ask a question about the, the economy of God versus the economy of chaos. Does that have the video on the USB? Okay. So the Lord uh, gave me how shall I put this? <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about because it's very different. But we need to change the paradigm of consciousness concerning money or provision. Okay? And so we have been taught for years about, you know, God's, God's will for us to prosper. And, and we've been taught that many times. And hopefully we got that, that God doesn't want us to be poor and without. God wants to provide for us, right? But we have to shift. This is what the Spirit of God said to me. We have to shift from that that structure of consciousness where we look at economy and God's provision as money, dollar bills, and material things. There is a real shift into what provision is because God's original creation when he created this earth is that it continually reproduce and provide for Adam, for the man, for that God created. And that includes you ladies too. It's Adam was once both and then God separated. But what it is, is that there's a continual provision. I even asked Robert, I talked to him about bringing my blackboard so I could draw this all out for you. But I have it on video where I'm marking all of this out. But I, it's, it's a shift. We made a shift in our consciousness during those four sessions and started looking at things completely differently from just the aspect of the dollar, the currency, you know, I mean, what is that dollar worth? It's a piece of paper, right? But it's the value you place upon it. It's in your head, the value you place upon <clears throat> that, that dollar, that coin. And so what we really need to look at is the true provision of God and how God created everything we ever need, ever, while we're here on this earth has been provided for us. But we have to operate in the kingdom principle of that. And it's involved with currency, not the currency of dollar bills, but the currency of God's energy, God's provision, and everything is in a circle. Everything is in a circle. When God created man, man reproduced after man. When God created the animals, the cattle, the cattle reproduced after the cattle. But there's some key things there that you need to hear that will change your thinking. So I want to mention that to you. If we run out of them in the back, I'm sure we can uh, ship them to you or something. But I feel that it's there are several key areas right now where we are on the planet that God wants to shift us. And it's not a big, huge difference. But there's a shift in consciousness and I'll tell you, when, it, it, when I started studying on it, it was like, whoa, how come I didn't get this before? And um, by the looks of the people in my staff meeting, they didn't get it either till then. So <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, the light bulb goes off. So anyway, I wanted to mention that to you. Uh, we're starting another series. It's called The Economy of Time. And... That's going to be fun. I just, I got one done, (laughs) and it was good. It was good. So I'm looking forward to finishing that. So if you're interested in that, I don't know, talk to Robert or Dot or somebody and 
see what they can figure out because I don't know how long I'm going to go on that subject. But I do know that this is what God's wanting us to do right now is just shift, just shift. So I wanted to mention that before I get started tonight. All right, part two. You ready? Fasten your seatbelts. So we talked about, how many of you weren't here this morning? All right, we talked about the cloud of God's glory. And where we started, I'm going to go over that again in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, if you will go there. 1 Corinthians 10. One, this is just a short recap. Paul said, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ." And we talked about the fact that they were under the cloud. They were under the cloud of God's glory. They experienced a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They experienced the, the physical manifest presence of God. And they walked through on dry ground the Red Sea with the waters heaped up on each side. And as impressive as that was, you would think that would last them the rest of their life. (laughs) But it didn't. It says, nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So the experience that we're having and that we are going to have with the manifest presence of God's glory in this revival, and oh, it's glorious. It's glorious, but that alone, that alone doesn't work. It takes consecration. I'm going to go with God. I'm going to go with the Holy Spirit. I am going where the cloud of God's glory goes. Moses said, if God doesn't go, if you don't go with us, I'm not going. And so that should be our attitude. If God doesn't go there, I'm not going there. If God goes, I'm going. So the cloud of God's glory. Then we talked about the other clouds and the indication. Enoch saw and prophesied the Lord will come with 10,000 of his saints. He saw from almost the beginning, seventh generation from Adam, and he looked all the way to the end. All the way to the end. And this is what I want to talk to you about tonight is looking over there. So don't forget this part, and I'm going to say it again. When... God showed up in the cloud of his glory. He was not by himself. As I went through the entire Bible looking at the cloud of God's glory, it indicates that there are the seraphim, there's the cherubim, there are the angelic hosts, there are elders, there are, I mean, remember Elisha. And he said, open his eyes. And there's, Horses and chariots of fire surrounding. There are things in the realm of the spirit that we're not aware of, but they're there. And God doesn't go places by himself. He has a host with him. And Hebrews 12.1 says, For we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses. Who are we talking about the cloud? Go to Hebrews 11. All those who have gone before that stood in faith, they are witnessing. And I've got news for you. They're witnessing what's happening on the earth right now. And the cloud of God's glory, when it moves in, God's not by himself. 
God has a host with him. So, okay, I, I'll resist the urge to preach the same message again, but it was good. I mean, it was so good, right? So, let's just, let's, let's move to, and I mentioned this, I did, and I'll throw this one in, 1 Corinthians 4, 16 and 7. It says, when the Lord descends from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God, what? We're going to rise up to meet him in the what? The clouds. the clouds. It's not cumulonimbus. It's not stratus clouds. It's the cloud of the manifest presence of God and all his hosts and all that have gone before. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. All right, Revelation 1, verse 7. John on the Isle of Patmos. John who, wow, you know, John who was the disciple whom Jesus loved. The one who wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, talking about love, the love of God. The one who, who recorded John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The love of the love apostle on the Isle of Patmos. And he says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye shall see him. He's coming with what? The cloud of the manifest presence of God, the physical presence of God manifest on the earth. I think we experienced some of that this morning. We experienced some of that this morning. I'm going to go jump over to the Amplified here. So imagine, you know, when you read the writings of John, there's such a depth. There's, you know, not just a recording of um, physical acts that Jesus did and the things that Jesus said, but there's such a depth. Such a depth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made manifest in the flesh. And then he says later, our whom our hands have touched and we have handled. And we, we lived with him. We were with him on the Mount of Transfiguration when the cloud enveloped and Moses and Elijah were there. And the depth of John's experience with the love of God. But then on the Isle of Patmos, we have almost a, whoa, whoa, what happened here? Because he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard, this is verse 10, 110. And I heard behind me a great voice calling like a, a trumpet saying, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. I want you to write this vision. And then in verse 13, he says, and in the midst of the lamp stands one like the son of man. Don't you think John knew what he was saying when he said the son of man? Because Jesus continually called himself the son of man. He was fully the son of man. Fully the son of man, but fully the son of God. And so John, knowing the love of God and the love of Christ, he suddenly has a vision. He says, In the midst of the lampstand, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a robe which reached to his feet and with a girdle of gold about his breast. His head and his hair were white like, like, like wool as snow, and his eyes flashed like a flame of fire. His feet glowed like bright burnished bronze as it is refined in the furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth there came forth a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full power at midday. He saw Christ, the Son of Man, in his physical body here on earth, but here on the Isle of Patmos, in this vision that was given him, he saw the Christ as the Son of God, as the one who will bring and execute judgment, 
the one who will speak forth with the sword, the one who will put in his sickle for the harvest of the earth. He had a revelation of a risen, resurrected, fully empowered, fully reigning Son of God. So we jump from the love to the, the other and we see fully the fullness. We have a glimpse through this, through the eyes of John, of the fullness of the Son of God, of the Christ. Wow, how many places could we go with that? <laughs> All right, let's look. Revelation 10.1 says... Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven wrapped in a... Has anybody gotten there yet? Revelation 10.1. Yes. Robed with a cloud. An angel robed with a cloud. With a halo like a rainbow over his head. His face was like the sun and his feet were like columns of fire. Wrapped in a what? Cloud. Revelation eleven twelve. We're doing a jump around. The two witnesses that stand and prophesy and cause problems. The two witnesses. Now a lot of people think, I, I'm trying to remember who my dad said that he believed those two witnesses. He kind of jumped between um, Enoch and Elijah Well, it'll come back to me. But as I, I read this and I see what these two witnesses, these prophets do, I really believe that it's Moses and Elijah because they, they appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration. And if you look at the withholding of the rain and the, and the, the problems that are caused by their prophesying, what did Elijah do? He caused problems. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, Moses knew the power of God. He, he took his mantle and he, they each had, Elijah had a, his mantle and Moses had a staff. And if you recall, these were key things in their ministries and in what they did. These two witnesses, they try to kill them and they can't. But it says, let's get back on track. I got really distracted there. I went somewhere else for just a moment. 11, 12. Then the two witnesses, these two witnesses, and I don't know for sure that's who it is. I'm just, I'm just, you know, asking that. The two witnesses heard a strong voice from heaven calling to them, come up here and before the very eyes of their enemies, they ascended into heaven in a... There's activity in heaven. And it's not, it's not limited to having a faraway place. There's activity here of the angels of God, of the heavenly hosts that are involved. Remember when, right, when Jesus was born, the heavenly host appeared to the shepherds. What do you think they saw? They saw the glory of God. I believe they saw the outshining, the radiance, the, the Shekinah or Shekinah, however you want to pronounce it. They saw the Shekinah, the Shekinah, the glory of God. The glory of God and His cloud of His presence can't be separated. It all comes together and He does not come alone. If you're ever tempted to doubt and think that you were alone, you dismiss that. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, but not only the Holy Spirit, not only are you the temple of God, but the angels of God are with you. The heavenly host, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
and Elijah and Moses are all rooting on the other side to see us come to the completion and we are the generation that has entered into this final move of glory. We are that generation. And so it's, it, it's imperative that we look not at this stuff that's going on right here, the political, the cultural, the social situation, the uprising, but that we, like Enoch, look from one millennium to another. It is time for millennial consciousness in the church. What do I mean by millennial consciousness? I mean <laughs> what the word of God tells us. In that day, there will be no more sickness, no more pain. There will be no more discouragement, no more defeat. The lamb and the lion will lie down together. There will be peace. There is healing and health. There is deliverance. There is, can you imagine a world without Sickness, disease, pain. We put that in, we put that to, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Well, yeah, but we're going to be here on earth for a thousand years. We're going to rule and reign. So, Something has to get transformed in us. Something has to shift. And that shifting, even Paul saw that shifting. And that shifting, 2 Corinthians 3.18. You can put that up for me. I, don't, I think I want to read that in the, like the King James or preferably ESV version. Woo, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, For we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the... What? Say it. Beholding the glory. Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You remember what I told you this morning about what the Lord said to me? He said, I want you to concentrate on what we have in common. I want you to concentrate on what we have in common. I, <laughs> I said, God's tests are interesting. Okay, is this multiple choice? What we got in common? Uh, what do you mean, God? What are you talking about? Uh, uh, duh. What we have in common? I am a spirit, and you are a spirit. And you are created in the image and likeness of God. And everybody wants to put that in the physical something or another. No, we are created in his image and his likeness, spirit to spirit. And that's how he speaks, is spirit to spirit. And that's why people miss it sometimes in their healing. They're trying to get healing into their physical body. And it is a spiritual healing. It is God heals you through your spirit. It is received in the spirit first. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. So as we're transformed, as we are transformed, how are we transformed? Well, you know, we renew our mind through the word, right? But this says we're transformed. Let's back up. We all with unveiled faces. What's he talking about, unveiled faces? Well, Moses in the presence, the manifest presence of God and God's glory was so great that when Moses walked out, he glowed and scared everybody. So they made him wear a mask. Y'all didn't get my sense of humor. 
thought that was pretty good myself. <laughs> they made him put a veil over his face because they were so freaked out. The glory of the Lord shone upon him. It talks about Jesus. His, his raiment was changed. His face was changed. But the glory of the Lord was upon him. Why? Because God is light. God is light, and the light of his glory and his manifest presence, when it comes into a physical body, changes it on the cellular level, changes it in the DNA. And it's not just some prophet or apostle. That is when God's glory comes up on you, changes you transforms you. It is the presence of God that transforms you. It is the presence of his glory that transforms you from where? From one glory to another glory to another glory to another glory to another glory. I don't know about you, but the glory was so strong up here this morning. I'm like, I'm glad this is transitional a little bit at a time because I, you know, I had a little hard time getting off of the platform and then I sat here for a long time after y'all left. But I believe that glory of God that rested upon us this morning is transforming us transforming us into his image. What image does God have of us? Does God see us as struggling along? Does God see us as inadequate? Does God see us as having failed? Does God see us as having our shortcomings? Is that how God sees us? No, that is not. Many years ago, and I was struggling, and I, I'm not doing a very good job of you know, lots of areas, right? And so I was before the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm just not doing a really good job. I'm not, you know, I was feeling really bad about myself. I'm sure none of you have ever done that. And it's probably shocking to hear me say this. So... And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, you remember when you were in grade school and your mom would take a ruler and mark over the top of your head on the door facing there and, and she, about a year later she'd mark or about a few months later. I thought, yeah, this is weird, God. Where are you going with this? <laughs> and he said... That's the way I look at you. I don't measure you to see how short you are. I measure to see how far you've come. I measure to see how far you've come. There's no room for self-recrimination, condemnation. This is kind of funny. But I was in a place one time ministering in a service and, and the music was really not very good and I was there just going oh Lord help me you know help me Lord help me Lord and I said oh Lord I said what about this and he said I always love to hear my children sing he doesn't care if they're off key. He doesn't care if they're off beat. He doesn't care how loud, how soft, how badly. He loves to hear his children sing. Amen. You can look and see, you know, people with, with children and, and they do think, isn't that cute? It's so cute. Can you believe that? And that's the way God looks at us. 
That's the way he looks at us. So when we enter into his glory and his presence, there's no need for us to feel like we don't, aren't worth it. That we don't, there's something about us that maybe we just shouldn't be there because we're not good enough. Because you are a child of God. And you are created in his image and likeness. And he loves you. And he cares about you. And he thinks what you're doing is just great. And he's checking and measuring to see the steps you've taken, how far you've come, how far you've come. And you know what that is? That's transformative. That's being transformed. I was transformed from being 5'1 eh, to 5'2 and finally made it to 5'3. But I was transformed during that period. And as we grow in the glory of God and the likeness of God and in his image and are transformed by his glory, we go from glory to glory. Amen. And right now, we are at a time. We are at a time that we have gone along and gone along and gone along and gone along. And it's been good. What the Lord said this morning is we've been taught, we've been instructed. We've been given the word, and now it's time for the shoots to come forth. It's time for the transformation to happen. It's time for us to shift. And there's a shifting. There's a shifting. See, people talk about matter occupies space. This, this uh, podium occupies a space here. These chairs occupy space. You occupy space. But there is a space. There's spiritual space in the spirit. There is a space we are to occupy. There is a location we are to occupy. And some of this only comes by experiencing the glory of God. And some of this comes by intercession for the body of Christ. And some of this comes by the open door. Who is the door? Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. Jesus. There's a safe way to enter into these spiritual spaces there's a safe way to enter into these spiritual spaces. There is a single door to enter into these spiritual spaces. No, it is not. In the new age, among this spiritual thing and that spiritual thing and all the other things that come with it, it is not in dedicating yourself only to getting in the spirit. There is a single door that is a single safe way to get into the places in the spirit we need to go, and it is the word. The word is the door. Some people get stuck in the door. Now, listen to me. They start to go through the door of the word. They start to go through the, the door, and they stop. And they miss that this is the door to lots of other doors. Are you getting me? Listen, listen to me. It's like a hotel. There's a main door. But how many other doors are in that building? So going in the main door, if you go in the other, uh, the wrong door, if you, if you go to somebody's hotel room door and force your way in, you're in trouble, right? Yes. But if you go through the main door and you are given the keys to all the other doors, then you have access through the main door, through the authority of God's word to step into those realms in the spirit and to be in the places and the spaces in the spirit that God's called us to be. But it's always through the door and it always agrees with this door and it's no other house than the house of God. Wow, where'd that come from? Okay. So, 
We all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Millennial consciousness. We have... We have passed a certain point and things are on the uptick and the uptake. I'm not ready to share that right yet. I'm going to hold that until I have greater understanding of what the Lord told me about that. Turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. And this hooks back in with this morning as the Lord was speaking to us. Isaiah says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And the skirts of his train or his garment filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, and two each covered his own face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of what? The Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone and, uh, and ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Sometimes people react that way to the glory of God. Like I said, they don't feel worthy. They don't feel like they're at the right spiritual place. But being in the glory of God transforms you to a spiritual place, to a greater place. See, we're, we are no longer as Isaiah standing outside going, oh man, we're in trouble. We've seen God, now we're going to die. <laughs> Because he dwells in us. He lives in us. And when his manifest presence appears, we are invited as children into the lap of the Father. He says, Woe is me, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim, one of the heavenly beings to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, your iniquity and guilty guilt are taken away, and your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. Even then, God wanted to atone and forgive sins. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, Lord, send me. Amen. Do you remember what we talked about this morning? What the Lord asked you. The Lord asked you as a body of believers, Are you willing are you willing to respond to his call? And that call is to step into the greater glory. Are you willing to go with him and step into the greater glory and step into the promised land? And this, this, this body, this body stepped forward to do that. I felt it in my spirit when you came to the front and I sense. This is not a thing of, oh yeah, okay, I'll go. No. This was a commitment from the heart. Yes. Amen. This was a commitment from the heart. And when the Lord 
manifest himself here in a vision to Isaiah, he felt initially like he was not qualified. <laughs> he felt like he wasn't qualified to even be there, much less to be in God's presence and God's glory or to do anything. But when the Lord spoke to him and said, who will I send and who will go for us? And he was able to respond, here am I, Lord, send me. There are people in the body of Christ that God's speaking to right now. And some of them are saying, oh, well, I don't know about that. You know, it's really easy to say you're agreeing with God and that you are, yes, Lord, send me, I'll go until he tells you what to do. And it doesn't really, it's scary. It's frightening. Are you sure, God? Yes, I'm sure. Uh, well, I don't, uh, okay, let's see, how can I get out of this one? when that situation takes place, then you find out, will I go or will I not? Will I do what God's told me to do or will I not? Now, he says, I saw the Lord. He was sitting upon a throne and he was high and lifted up. I can only imagine what Isaiah saw. But he saw the glory of God. He saw God's glory. But there's a real key here, and I want you to think about this, because this is one of the areas that, that I see in this move of the Spirit and what's happening and where we're stepping into the glory. And hear what I'm saying. He said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his but I think the King James just says, and his train filled the temple. So this train says the skirts of his train, it's the very, the very bottom part. So, so God was high and lifted up. And it means his, his, what would appear to be a robe filled the temple, but this word right here is interesting. It says the skirts of his train, or it says the hem, the hem of his presence. What it really means is the hem of God's garments. Does that remind you, Mark? The woman said. If I may but touch the hem of his glory, I will be healed. She was a Jewish woman, and she must have known in her consciousness and her hearing of, of Isaiah's vision where God was high and lifted up and the hem of his garment stretched and filled the temple. And she knew in her heart that this man, this son of man that John spoke of, this son of man filled with the love of God, walking the earth is not only the son of man, but the son of God. That this man, this man, must be the Son of God. And if I touch the hem, the train of his glory, the hem of his garment, I will be well. Because sickness cannot stand in the presence of God. Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. Something has to go when it's not God. And it's not God's spirit. It is sin. It is sickness. Disease must leave. And so in this glory, and she touched and she was healed. There is a step 
into a step over into an area of health and healing that we have not entered into before that we are going to enter into in this hour. Part of it is the realization of the millennial thinking. How will it be in that thousand year? How will it be? In the eyes of God who is outside of time, it's already happened. In the eyes of God, because Jesus took your sin, took your sickness, took your diseases, it's already done. So what is going to happen is there will be a shift in consciousness, not that I am the sick, I am trying to be healed, but I am the well, I am the whole, and something is trying to attach itself, and I say it's unlawful. In reality, that's already in your authority. In reality, that's already within your grasp. In reality, it's already done. In reality, you are already well and whole and healed. In reality, in God's reality, what other reality matters? But it's our consciousness that must shift from victim, from being attacked by the devil all the time. We must shift the consciousness from I am the victim to I am the conqueror because Jesus has defeated Satan. There's a shift. Why don't we just stop where we are and go live in the millennium? Time-wise, that's, that's not really actual. But it wasn't actual for Enoch. He got raptured. Oh, come on. That was better than that. I said, you know, Enoch looked all the way over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And he said, Woo, I believe I'll take that. Let's go, God. So why don't we reach from where we are in this age, in this dispensation, and reach out past the veil of time into the blessings that we know we are going to live in the millennium. Yes, you're going to be here on earth. Yes, you're going to live in the millennium. Yes, you will be here. Get used to the idea. If you thought you were getting ready to go to heaven, float on the cloud in eternity forever, you're going to be, you're going to be with Jesus seven years, and then he's going to say, let's go get them. But there is that place, that spiritual space that is available to us where we live in peace, where we live without sorrow, where it's, it's Jesus already took it. Yes. There is that yes. place where we live those things, where there is no shortage. Praise God. There is that, that place. You know, people, a lot of people say, well, you know, we're using up the earth's resources and, and this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and we're going to run out of this, we're going to run out of that. This earth that God created for his humans has at least enough resources for another 1,000 years. If it were not so, there would not be a millennium. The millennium is not in heaven. The millennium is here on earth. It is a 1,000-year period where Jesus Christ will reign. He will be the king. He will. We're not talking about presidents of nations. We're not talking about royalty. We are talking about the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he will be the only authority on earth. And we will reign with him. We will reign with him. So you better start practicing now. Start practicing for the millennium. Start practicing living in hell. Start practicing 
being without sickness, without disease, without shortage, without lack, because God has already supplied what we need. It's here. It's time that we occupy that spiritual space. Praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You know I can't, I, I, you, you do know this, don't you? That I, I, I can't minister like this everywhere I go. I can't. You know why? They won't let me. They won't let me. But when I come here, I can minister like this. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being willing to go with God and being willing to follow God and making the decision to do that. Hallelujah. We, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's look, and then I'll, I'll conclude with this. Why there's so much here. <laughs> There is so much here. The millennium is calling us now, just like the rapture called Enoch. Are you still here? I said the millennium is calling us just like the rapture called Enoch. Okay, I've got notes here somewhere. Yes, amen. Okay. <laughs> Habakkuk 2.14, so it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It said the earth. That's where we live, right? Where we live here. It says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The earth hasn't had the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, but it will be as the waters cover the sea. Let's look at Isaiah 11. Looks like I'm in my Amplified Bible mostly tonight. Just sing around. talking about the reign of Christ. It says verse 6. This is not a fable. This is not a fable. This is a prophecy given by the prophet of God that shall come to pass and this is how it shall be. And the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion and fatted domestic animal together and a little child shall lead them. Did you know God didn't, when God created the earth, he created it so perfectly that a seed produces after its kind and the plants fed the animals. The animals were all eating the plants. And there was no killing of any kind. God's system is perfect and it reproduced just like it was supposed to, to supply for his creation, for his man Adam, for all of the earth. It was meant not be shortage, not be inflation, deflation, stagflation. And that's, that wasn't a concept even that God had in his creation. It was self-perpetuating without any effort, no toil. And so the lamb, we're talking here about the wolf, will dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf, the young lion, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear will feed side by side, eating grasses together. That's something you don't see today, right? Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. It will be a reversion back to God's original formation of the earth. 
a peaceful, blessed dwelling. I don't know about you, but you know, there's so much bad news today. This is good news. This is good news. This is good news. I'd like to see this playing on the news. The cow and the bear shall feed side by side. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. And the little child will play over the hole of the asp, and the winged child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. A lot of people think this is heaven. This, this is the millennial reign. This is the millennial reign. And in another place it says a child shall die at 100 years of age. So we will be reverting back to the age. The, as you go to the beginning, you know, Methuselah was 900 and something years old. They'll be reverting back to what? I'm always amazed at people that think that God is giving them sickness and disease. There was no sickness. There was no disease. There was no pain. There was no sorrow until the enemy showed up, the devil. And when the devil, when that angel grabs a hold of the devil by the neck and drops him down into the pit, guess what? No more sickness, no more disease, no more crying, no... So how could you possibly get that God put sickness on his children if you just look, just look? It makes no sense. So if there's anything within you that thinks that maybe God is, is uh, uh, letting you have some kind of sickness or disease or problem so he can teach you something, let that take out of, that, out of your consciousness, out of your mind. Because as long as you're believing that God's doing something to you, you, you can't be healed. You can't be healed. Jesus said, as you have believed, so shall it be. And you know what? I decide I'm going to start right now, tonight. I'm going to start believing I'm living in the millennium. <laughs> if I can believe what I want, can you believe what you want? I'm not talking about a delusion. I'm talking about if I can believe what I want and if I can see it in the scripture and I see it in the scripture that Enoch reached way over here and we can go through Hebrews 11, which we, I'm not going to do this time, but we can go through Hebrews 11 and see where they all reached from the dispensation yes. they were over into yes. another one and pluck something out of it. Then if they can do it, I can do it. And I choose to press forward in faith and reach over into the millennium and bring it right into the here and now because I'm being changed from glory to glory. And so are you. Stand up with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to say this with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm being changed, I'm being changed. Transformed. transformed, and going from glory to glory. Going from glory, to glory. Even even by the Spirit of the Lord. Even by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you want to choose to grasp over into that realm of peace, into that realm of divine health? If, if you want to go there, if you want to go there, if you want to make that shift, that shift in consciousness, Jesus did it. It's already done in the mind of God. So let's just lay hold of it and reach over there and bring it into the realm of reality where we are now. Are you willing to do that? Raise your hand. 
All right, God, you got a bus load ready. So take us there by the Spirit. We reach into everything you have already provided for us. And we reach into the realm of the Spirit. And we draw forth the magnificent peace, the magnificent power of your presence, the magnificent health that you've provided for us. We reach into the realm of the Spirit and we get it with our spirits. We get it with our spirits. Pull it into your spirit right now. Pull health into your spirit. Pull health into your spirit right now. Don't try to get it with your physical body. Try to get it, just make a decision to pull it into your spirit right now. Lord, I thank you that the healing power of God, the health, the health, the health flows. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and quickens every cell, every cell in our bodies right now. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Make it real.